The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the South Side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes May 10th. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Good morning. It is Tuesday, August 10th, and this is a bonus episode of the College Football Daily. I'm your host, Lance Glynn. We come to you on this bonus episode with the unfortunate news that broke earlier today that Wake Forest quarterback Sam Hartman will be out indefinitely due to a non-football-related condition, according to Wake Forest Athletics. As of the program's release this morning, the timeline for his return is uncertain, although according to 24-7 Sports Celeste Johns, Dave Clawson did say Sam will be back and that he had a medical procedure done last night. Sam was the ACC's third leading passer last season with over 4,000 yards, accounting for 50 total touchdowns, leading Wake Forest to a win in the Gator Bowl and an 11-win season overall. Of course, when a situation like this happens, you never want to unknowingly speculate as to what may have happened or what the issue might be. All we can do now is support Sam and his family, give our thoughts and prayers, and wish him the best and a speedy recovery. Unfortunately for Wake Forest, they now have to proceed in fall camp without their quarterback and get someone else ready for that September 1st game against the VMI. So joining me now to discuss this news and where Wake goes from here is the publisher of 24-7 Sports, Demon Deacon Digest, covering all things Wake Forest, Les Johns. Les, thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me, having me on, Lance. So, Les, I know it's been a busy morning for you, to say the least. Uh, I know you were recently at practice and you talked with head coach Dave Clawson as well. So let's jump right into it. What more did he have to say about the Sam Hartman news? Did he say what the injury was, give a more firm date as to when Sam may return? You know, what's the latest from the head coach on Wake Forest star quarterback? I guess the biggest things we got from Coach Clawson today was that uh, there is an, an aura of confidence that, that Hartman will be back this season. It's kind of a matter of when, but you know, not if, and that, you know, um, they're really confident in both the quarterbacks that are sort of competing for the, for the job right now. And they're confident in the skill guys they have around them and the offensive line they have protecting them. I mean, there's 104 starts returning on the offensive line. Wake Forest has probably the best pair of outside receivers in the ACC, maybe even in the entire country, in A.T. Perry and Donovan Green. And uh, there's stable running backs that, you know, should be able to contribute as well. So they're excited still. They they say the expectations haven't changed, of course. But he really did not give us much more details in terms of the exact ailment for Sam. They said that there was something that came up yesterday and that Sam alerted uh, the medical staff to some symptoms that he was having. They went through seemingly a battery of tests. I was able to diagnose the ailment uh, late in the evening, and there was a procedure done of some sort yesterday. Whatever it was that we're not being told that Sam Hartman is dealing with was addressed yesterday. So the clock starts now in terms of recovery and rehab because whatever it is that the diagnosis has already been treated. Sam was at practice today. He spoke to the team at the end, you know, breakdown at the end of end of practice and uh, seemed in pretty good spirits, you know. So yeah, that's about all I've got right now. I mean, the the, the team says expectations haven't changed. Clawson says expectations haven't changed. You know, they expect to go out and, and win some football games. 
Yeah. And, and it's great to hear that a procedure ultimately was done because obviously, you know, when something like this arises, the the first thing you think of is a person's long-term health. So the fact that they were able to diagnose whatever it is, do a procedure and hopefully get him on the road to recovery is a positive. I know you also talked to players as well after practice. What did they have to say about the news and what was their reaction? I can assume it was incredibly tough for them to hear, not only because of what Sam means to the team on the field, but off the field, how much of a, a leader he is and how beloved he is by his teammates. I seem to gather kind of, you know, just through the, the, what was said that they found out that something was going on yesterday and then they were kept abreast, you know, as the day went on. And then, you know, then there came to some conclusion in terms of a treatment. So yeah, I'm sure there is some uncertainty gathered, you know, from what I gathered from them today, but the people they brought out to speak with this were all, you know, like senior captains. You have, you know, Rondell Bothroyd on the de- as a defensive end. You have Blake Whitehart uh, and then you have Sean McGinn. These are all guys with a lot of experience, you know, trusted team leaders and, and, you know, they basically said it's the next man up and they have they have a lot of belief that Sam will be back. And but they also believe that they can still win football games as he's uh, recovering. So everybody kind of, I guess, towed the party line today and, and kind of were on the same page. Uh, they, they were happy to see Sam, uh, was encouraged that he was there to address them, but also didn't figure it would be any other way. That's just kind of just kind of Sam's mentality. You know, he's dealt with medical issues in the past. Uh, I can't remember if it was his going into his junior year or senior year in high school. Uh, he was in the hospital for several days, uh, lost like 60 pounds, and then was able to come back from that. It was like a larynx issue, if I remember correctly. So, I mean, Sam's had his share of trials and tribulations and has always bounced back from them. So, I, I, I guess nobody really expects this to be any different. So, you know, Les, as I mentioned earlier, Wake Forest now has to prepare moving forward without Sam Hartman. They open the season September 1st against the VM. I, the focus now shifts onto quarterbacks Michael Kern and Mitch Griffiths. And in fact, Dave Clawson mentioned today that Mitch Griffiths will be the starting quarterback moving forward. One, did that surprise you? And and two, what can you tell us about Griffiths? You know, what kind of quarterbacks, what kind of quarterback, excuse me, is he? You know, what should we expect from the redshirt freshman? Well, there's a couple things there. One, it's it's weird because it was just Monday that I spoke with offensive coordinator Warren Ruggiero. And given the context of some of his answers, coupled with what I had been seeing in practice, and at Wake Forest, we are fortunate as media members. In fact, we see all of fall camp leading up to game prep week for that first game. So I've seen practice unfold. I saw all of spring camp. To me, Mitch Griffiths was ahead of Michael Kern. But, you know, it wasn't like insurmountable lead. You know, it wasn't like he was, you know, leaps and bounds. I thought it, the competition would still roll on. And Sam Hartman had already designated this his final season, even though he does actually, because of COVID, have another year eligibility hanging out there. He had already said this would be his last season. So the competition between Griffiths and Kern wasn't just really for to be the backup this season. It kind of was the start of the competition to be QB1 for 2023, right? So I expect when the depth chart came out that we would see Sam Hartman on top and then, you know, to say Michael Kern or Mitch Griffiths as the backup. That's what I expected to see. But in my mind, I felt that Mitch Griffiths was probably ahead and I wrote that Monday. Turns out I was right, you know. (laughs) Mitch, Mitch has... I feel a better handle of the offense than 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 Michael right now, and he also adds an aura of ins- escapability in the pocket that we don't necessarily see as much of from Michael Kern or even Sam Hartman for that matter. I believe when the pocket breaks down, that Mitch Griffiths can probably create with his feet, uh, probably a, to a little bit greater degree than, than both those other two quarterbacks, uh, either to find player players down the field to get open eventually or to make plays for himself. 
And I fully believe he's capable of leading the Deeks to wins in the first three weeks of the season against VMI at home, on the road against Vanderbilt, and then at home the following week against Liberty. All of a sudden, week four beckons and it's Clemson and, you know, the, the mood changes, you know, significantly. So we'll see where things are at by that point. So, Les, I'll get you out of here on this one. There is about three weeks till the opening game. Mitch Griffiths now the starter for it. How difficult is the offense to, to pick up with not much time to obviously do so? Do you foresee them, I guess, maybe shrinking the playbook, at least in the short term, to get Griffiths adjusted. You know, you mentioned VMI, of course, not really a, a marquee matchup to say the least, but, you know, he still has to perform in week one and obviously tougher tests in Vanderbilt, Liberty, and then Clemson in week four and the weeks following. I honestly don't think the, the playbook shrinks at all. I mean, Michael Kern is a fourth-year player in this program. Mitch Griffiths is a third-year player in this program. Both were early enrollees in the spring, the years they arrived. So they have been a part of this program for a long time. Uh, Wake has also been fortunate enough to be able to run, you know, three deep across the field in recent camps. So there's been plenty of reps to give give to these guys. Offensive coordinator Warren Ruggiero told me on Monday that they had 120% of the offense installed at this point. I don't know how that works, but that's what he said. <laughs> and that after the next scrimmage, they plan on paring it down to just 100% and just kind of keep the things they like and kind of scrap some things that they don't like as much. So I don't think they, I don't think the playbook shrinks at all with Mitch Griffiths. Uh, and I think he probably adds a level of escapability and scrambling that maybe you don't quite get with Sam Hartman. So once again, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say that Wake Forest is happy that they've lost uh, their Heisman candidate, Sam Hartman, for the beginning of the season. But I don't think, uh, I think they're prepared for it. Clawson said that they're more prepared for this now than in 2018, for instance, when it was Sam Hartman and, and uh, Jamie Newman competing for the starting job. So um yeah, I, th I think they're prepared for it. I think they've got the skill guys. They've got a great offensive line, and I think they've got a capable quarterback. And I, I yeah, I think they're I think they're set up to win. But I just don't know by the time week four comes how ready they'll be. So. Well, look, we wish at, we at 24-7 uh, wish Sam Hartman nothing but the best and hope uh, for a speedy recovery for him. And you can follow Les on Twitter at Les underscore Johns and make sure to do so as he has been on top of all the news surrounding Sam Hartman. Les, thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Have a great day. So remember to like this video and subscribe to the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel. Also give us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. For Les Johns, I am Lance Glenn. Thanks for listening to this bonus episode of the College Football Daily. begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.